0: Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, please welcome in Will Moore, who is a serial entrepreneur, gamification habits, and happiness expert. After exiting his delivery startup for $321 million in 2019, He's made it his mission to help others become an entrepreneur of the most important business they'll ever run, their life. He gamifies the process of improving your habits via the five main areas or cores of your life by using the latest in science and technology to reduce the friction of taking the actions that will truly make you happy. I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation I have with Will. So without further ado, please welcome in Will Moore. Well, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, looking through some of your background, it's so interesting. I'm, I've, you know, all these unique individuals that come on the podcast and yours. By the way, congrats on! I saw you had a, a, a quite a nice exit from your company uh, a few years ago, so that's pretty cool. So, congrats on that. And I want to dive into that a little bit in terms of how you got to that point, and obviously what you're doing now Um, because it looks like some really cool stuff in terms of, you know, helping other folks think about life a little bit differently. Um, I always like to start off, though, because I I bet, and I could be wrong, maybe if it was like 25 years ago, or something like that, we had a conversation, I'm assuming you wouldn't be able to paint the picture of what you're doing today back then, right? So can you share, is there a turning point, maybe there's two that started you down this new path? in terms of the one you've been on for the last, you know, 15, 20 years, whatever, can anything you can recall that uh, that got you off the path? Maybe you thought you were going to be on when you were younger.
1: Well, so that's funny. You use that 25 year span. Actually, that that's about accurate. That was about the moment that I call it my rock bottom bounce that I pivoted. Um, I had a, just kind of a, a, a short background is I came from two hippie parents. They got divorced when I was two. My mom was a an alcoholic and they um, had a temper. There's my dog in the background. Amazing. So, Mason, that's enough. It's all right. We, we, we get those a lot in the podcast. No, no worries. Sorry about that. Uh, and anyway, so they... Uh, <laughs> he tried to get out. What of it. kind of dog is that? Um, it's a cool dog. It, they, it, I, we were living in Hawaii. They divorced early. So my mom... My dad went on a trip around the world when I was around two years old. My mom... When we were seven, moved us back to um to Bethesda, Maryland, DC, to be around my grandparents for financial and just kind of help her parents, uh, who ironically had boycotted the wedding because he my grandfather was a general in World War II. And when my mom became a hippie and met my dad became a hippie and got married, he's like, I want nothing to do with this. But you know, seven years later he forgave her and she moved back. We got help from them. And I just I didn't really fit in because at that point I was raised in Hawaii and we weren't in a a wealthy area. So I spoke pigeon, which is like the Hawaiian local slang. I was the only white kid in my entire class, uh, overalls, you know, shoulder length hair. Um, I was just kind of, and, and I was very sensitive kid and I just really didn't find, didn't really find my groove. And when I would get made fun of, my name was Rocky at the time, by the way. And I had <laughs> my parents legally change it to will. Cause I was tired of the teasing and people being like, come on, Rocky, let's fight. Wait, well, that was the, so, so your, your, your born name was Rocky. Yeah. Okay. Rocky. Uh, my sister was puffed some path more, as I said, hippies. (laughs) Uh, so get flash forward to college. I was your typical victim. Sure. That life was out to get me nothing I could do about it. Life sucks. Why me? You know, maybe one day I'll hit the lottery and everything will be great type of deal. Right. Like just waiting for a miracle versus like, okay, I need to do this on my own. And I had a professor who serendipitously. Oh. And, and at the same time they did like fraternities and sororities and that stuff at my college. And I didn't know much about it other than I knew that I wanted to be socially accepted. I was like, all right, fresh start. Mm-hmm. And just knowing what I know now about humans and the way they interact in relationships. And, and if you put all the focus on yourself, you're never going to m- make friends. That's kind of what I was doing. And I was so insecure. I was like the only person in my entire floor to not get a bid. Uh, I locked myself in my room, cried. Everybody's like, Hey, well, what turned you get into? And I just like, didn't answer kept yeah. the lights off. It was awful. So I kind of just threw myself into studies and my favorite professor, uh, it was actually a religions of the world course. He said, you know, when I was a kid and he was like, cool, he was like young and he was hip. And I was like, that's the guy I want to be when I grow up. Right. And he just kind of casually was like, you know what? I read this book. It was called how to win friends and influence people when I was younger. It really just kind of changed my life. Anywho, back to da, da, da. And I like, just didn't hear a word of the rest of what he said, wrote down the name of the book, went to our school library and they just happened to have the book, honestly. Hmm. And this is that pivotal moment. Had they not had that book? I wonder, what would have happened in my life, how things would have turned out because it was exactly what I needed at the exact right time. And it just sort of taught me that, you know, there's a different way to look at life. I don't have to be this victim and I'm putting it all on myself and making it all about me, but really in order to succeed in life, in every facet, I mean, it's not rocket science, just be genuinely interested in other people, make them feel important. And, you know, if at first you're not, and you're into your your own head, kind of fake it till you make it ask questions, and then you actually start to become that. And so I was off to the races. I read that. And I was like, I want more. And I just started becoming an insatiable self help beast. And I was reading everything I could get my hands on. And I was taking notes um, and kind of using myself as a human science experiment, trying different things out and just getting really excited. And, you know, some things would work, some things wouldn't. It was a very slow, methodical process, um, which I've come to realize is one of the the laws of the universe, compounding. You can't, you know, everybody thinks, especially in this day and age, you can just snap your fingers and become a the most happiest, successfulest, zillionariest person on the planet. That's just not how it works, right? You got to kind of make these small incremental changes, hold yourself accountable. So I just started doing that. And then, you know, flash forward now, 25 years later, um, I've just slowly understood, you know, what it is that truly does make me happy and, you know, have taken a bit of a different approach than maybe your typical entrepreneur. as you said, at the beginning of the show, I bought, started and sold a company, uh, for a good chunk of change. We exited in 2019. And along the way, I realized that it was not in spite of, but because of, the way I was living my life and structuring myself in this different manner, kind of living more of a holistic lifestyle with what I call these. Now I call them the five cores but at the time. I didn't realize, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, I was working on my mindset, my relationships, my career, and my finances, my physical health and my emotional health and giving back, which is what, what the five cores are, but I didn't really have a structure for it. And then when I sold my business, I realized like, Hey, there's a lot of kids out there. Just like I was, and even more so now, I feel like people are very confused. Young adults come out of come out of college, and it's like you know they're being hit from a million directions with "look at me, look at this, listen to this," you know, influence here over this way. Um, and so it's it's harder than ever to know what to focus on, and everybody's fighting for our attention. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, let me let me figure out a way to gamify this to make it fun and cool. Even though "cool" is not a, a cool word, but um, sort of bring self-help to the cool kids table, which in my opinion, it's not there yet. It's, it's starting to get there. People like, you know, like Gary V who I actually don't always see eye to eye with his style. But what I like about him is he, you know, he curses, he, he, he does his thing in a way that gets people that wouldn't normally be interested in wellness and self-help into it because he's, he's kind of like making it, you know, quote unquote cool. And so I have a, a bit of a different approach, but it's the same idea in terms of just trying to kind of trick your brain into wanting to take the actions versus being like, you should do this. And people's natural is like, right, get that mumbo jumbo. away from. Yeah.
0: Me. Well, you know, the thing with Gary Vee, cause I, you know, I've been following him since gosh, 2011. And what I, what I love about him and, and, and actually your story, there's a lot of comparisons from a standpoint of you've done the work. You're not just out there talking some game and just making it up. Like you've actually proven I've gone through, I've built businesses, I've sold them, I've done this. So I think there's a lot of when you can see that someone else has actually done the work, they put the grind in, and they've done it in a way that makes them happy. Ultimately, you start listening to those folks, you know, because um, it's your happy or Gary Vee's happy or my happy. Like if we do it in the way that is genuine to us, you know, I think I think that people see that, uh, that authenticity. So anyways, just to make a, a note there. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll, that's I'll, a good point. I, I wanted to ask you something. Um what, though, you know, if we go back 25 years, if we, well, if we go back to, like you said, the professor, you, you obviously read that, the the book, How to Win Friends, and Influence People. You had Dale Carnegie, right? If I'm trying to remember. Dale Carnegie, okay. written
1: way back in, like yeah. in the 40s. And Great if you book. were to read it today, you would swear it was written yesterday. Obviously, updating the references. Yeah. The, you um, know, it's a phenomenal book. I remember it was a several
0: years ago. I think, I think I got the audio book, if I remember. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, what did you want to what did you want to quote unquote, do with your life when you were finishing college? Like, did you think about, you know, starting running businesses or did you have something else that you were going to go into before you got down that path?
1: Oh yeah. So, so I read that book first. And as I mentioned, I started reading a bunch of other books and including some, some wealth building, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. I've probably read 20 times. I mean, that that's another classic. That's not just, it it sounds like it's just about money, but it's actually more about your mindset and kind of shifting your mindset to like, I am this, I am going to be wealthy, I am going to create, you know, whatever it is you want to do. And then it's like, and then you just having this like, unstaggering belief that that's what's going to happen and being able to shift your mind, then it's just a matter of time, versus that starting from the outside in and being I want this, but it's like, okay, well, you also want, you know, you want to, you want to create a million dollar business, but you also want to go play golf or you also want to go, you know, sit on the TV and eat Cheetos. So it's like, what's going to eventually win out, you know, your willpower is going to fade. So, you know, it's it's kind of just starting from the inside out, it just kind of stuck with me. And that just translated into, yeah, just all the different areas of my life. And I at some point said, you know, I'm going to become so stinking, filthy rich that everybody that was ever mean to me is going to be so sorry. And they'd be like, wow, we blew it. That guy's so rich and awesome, right? Which is ridiculous to think about now. But that's back in the day, that the old revenge story. There's a lot to be said for, for uh your ego and and being able to motivate yourself based on that. And I just was treated so poorly. Again, I don't blame the other people, but um had such a tough time that I just I wanted to prove to the world, right? Like that I could be a success. And so that was a huge motivator for me earlier on. Um think and grow our rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki was one of those books I read earlier on that shifted my whole view on real estate, which started a whole nother. Um, I also own um, many uh, rental homes, single family homes that I started 20 years ago, I started buying them, fixing up, renting them out near my alma mater. Um, and just started thinking about kind of passive income and how to really grow your wealth and uh, passively, as well as what to do actively to become an entrepreneur and grow it and just locked in on that stuff. And that was my life for a long time, you know, but luckily, like I said, I, I never just completely pushed away my physical health or my relationships and that stuff. I will definitely say a career and finances took a, a front seat for a while. Um, but I think that if I'd totally gotten rid of those other things and just focused on that, I think I would have paid a big price in the end. And I'm glad that I was able to maintain those things.
0: How often do you look back? and you mentioned we started off the conversation talking about the your parents getting divorced and and you know my I, I went through divorce with my parents. Um, they weren't hippies as as yours were, but they, you know, how much did that influence actually do you think back? because you're you're cut from a different cloth, right? You're not in the the societal box of do this, do that, go, you know, get you know, get down this path, like it seemed like you had a different mindset from the beginning, just by being around, what would you consider different people than the norm? How much do you think, do you look back and say, wow, that actually was a benefit to me and getting on the path or, or do you, or is that, do you not think that was, I'm just curious, I guess.
1: It's a great point. Nobody's ever really brought that up, but I, I absolutely, you know, when, whenever somebody asked me, you know, now, like I remember back in that, um, college rock bottom bounce. Time. And I forgot to mention, I was basically suicidal. And I I mean, I had a lot of serious thoughts of committing suicide back in that, that period I was mentioning in college. Um, like right when I didn't get in that fraternity, I was like, I mean, it's over. Like, what, what am I going to do now? Like everybody's in a fraternity, all the friends are made, like I'm on the outside again. Um, and so I think that I, uh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Re- repeat the question. I just yeah, I was just, I was just more curiosity around the way you
0: were brought up. Although, because yeah. sometimes we look back at childhood, like I look back, I used to look online. Like my parents didn't good do didn't do a good job. I didn't get the attention I need. And now I look back. You know, at 38 years old, I'm
1: like, wow. You know what? That
0: actually helped me. It That's me exactly Thinking right. so, differently.
1: Yeah. So right. So at the time, I was convinced my brain was broken, and there was nothing I could do about it. And I would have traded it for the world. Now, I can honestly say that I wouldn't trade my brain for anything in the world. And the way to answer your question, I feel like, um, you know, those early experiences, as tough as they were, and, you know, they, they definitely allowed me to become the person I am today. And one of the benefits, I would certainly say, is that I didn't grow up in a conventional world where it was like, okay, do this, do this, then this, and then you're going to do this. And it's like, that's what's expected of you. Don't veer off the path. I mean, my parents were kind of like, do whatever the hell you want. And so that was definitely a huge plus that came from it. I just didn't have the belief in myself early on. And and when I got that belief, I took that and ran with it. Um, I'm curious about, and you can kind of take this down whatever path, the different
0: businesses you have, and maybe it's the the rental properties and stuff, but, uh, you know, around risk, and more of educate, it's actually, ironic. You know, I, I subscribed to uh, Seth Godin's blog and love his writing and stuff. And he actually had this morning something around, you know, like more educated risk, right? Risk is always going to be a part. So you mentioned, I think you bought the business that ultimately you sold later on for, for obviously a good, good chunk of change a couple of years ago. You talked about buying up the rental properties, no type of thing. Can you share a little bit about the risk of actually? taking a chance on yourself and say, Hey, listen, I got to do this or I can't get to the next level. Cause sometimes I know getting started, the the fear is that we just don't do it because we're like, well, I don't want something bad to happen. So I'd rather just sit here and do nothing. So can you share just a little bit around, I know it's a random kind of around question, but like just around risk and how you got over maybe some of that fear of starting
1: um, to actually, I think it's a great question you know, I, I, when I look at risk, I always just immediately, my, my brain jumps to the word bold and you know, what do they say? There's a quote, um, success favors the bold or something like that. Uh, you gotta take risks. And again, kind of going back to your previous question, I think that I was more, uh, I had less risk aversion than most people because of my background where I was kind of like, I got nothing to lose. Let's go. Um, and you know, looking back, I'm really glad that I had that. And, and my advice to people that maybe were brought up on that straight and narrow path and are like, okay, well, I need to go to school and I need to get good grades and I do this and then I have the kids and then I live in and I don't, you know, um, it's, it's about, you know, really saying, okay, like what do I really want in life? And, and you got to kind of tie it to your goals. Like at the end of the day, when all of a sudden, I actually have this exercise that I do with people. I used to call it the funeral list. But it's a little that was a little grim. So now I call it the Back to the Future list because I'm okay. an 80s kid. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Um, oh, yeah, and basically it's flash forward to the end of your life, and and you basically go to each one of your five cores and you say, what do I want people to say about me at the end of the day, right? And that's one of the best ways I know how to sort of really dial in on what it is that you want and what's, you know, aligns with your values and and what's in your core, like your passions, like, what do I want said? Then you go back to present day and you go, okay, so what am I doing about that? Like, what's my path that I'm headed on? And chances are, you know, if you're not going to, you know, when you try to align the two, there's going to be some risks that you're going to have to take. And, you know, I always say, don't, I don't like it when people say, just go quit your job and just go all in to me if you really want it bad enough, do it as a side hustle at first and figure out a way, you know, whatever your current job is, if you don't love it, like don't quit because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you go all in and then it doesn't work because then you're in real big trouble. Um, you know, if you, if you love something and you're good at it, you're going to want to do it and you'll figure out ways to sort of, you know, get it going on the side and that's a way to kind of mitigate the risk. And then you can start to sort of see if you start getting little wins and you start saying, okay, there's interest and people like it, or, you know, you're doing different things. And, and then you're like, and then you might, you know, the idea is you get to a point where you're like, okay, now I can pivot over all into this. Um, And that's kind of how I did it. Uh, You know, I, I had a job, I was selling real estate and I made a decent amount of money doing that. And I had a little bit of a, a pocket of money, not a huge, when I look at now, it wasn't a huge pocket okay. of money, but it was enough for me to say, I could go for about a year without, you know, on this money. And so I, and I, I actually just quit my job and I started uh, my delivery company, doorstep delivery, and everybody thought I was nuts. Um, and I just, I knew in, in, in my soul, I just knew, cause I was, I'd already been kind of, and what year was this? Old. What year was it? Uh,
0: What year did you start the the delivery? That was
1: 2008, 2007, 2008. So it it actually was perfect timing because then right when I quit, essentially the real estate market kind of came crashing down. And all those people that I was working with ended up having to go find other jobs anyways, but I'd already kind of gotten a head start and the Apple phone, the iPhone had just come out. And I was like, wait a minute. Instead of, because the old way, when you used to want to get delivery, it's it's hard, to, it's crazy to think about, but 12 years ago, 13 years ago, if you wanted food, it was pizza Chinese, like delivered, that was it really, right? There wasn't an app, there weren't 80 different apps to choose from with any possible food you can possibly imagine delivered. And we were one of the, I mean, we started before Grubhub, before DoorDash, before Uber Eats, we started way before all those guys. And at the time it was, there was like one or two companies, there was, I remember there was one called t- Telephone Takeout, you know, you call them up You say, Hey, I want this. And do you have this? And then, then they manually call their driver and, say, and it was just so inefficient. And so the iPhone came out and it was like, boom, my head went, okay, now these drivers can see the order on their phone. They can hit a button and it'll give them directions on how to get to the restaurant as well as how to get to the customer. And we can manually assign these orders to these drivers using the software, like this is a game changer. Like this is, this is it. And it just, it allowed us to, um, you know, it was scalability. You know, you went from like being able to do maybe 10 orders a night. And we started, even though we had that people still were calling in at first because nobody even understood. We had to educate our markets. Orlando's where I was living at the time. Uh, we ended up with 19 branches, 19 markets in the end. That was our, our our biggest branch where we started our flagship. And I remember my partner and I just beating down on doors. I mean, we were going to offices. Handing out menu guides saying, hey, you know, going to the HR girls that order the food for for the for the entire office. Hey, look, you can now be the hero and you can order Chinese and sushi and all these things. And they were like, wow, you know, but it didn't happen overnight. Again, it it was a very slow process. And, you know, um, I think the, just going back to your original question, the risk, the risk was there, but I just, I knew in my soul that this was gonna work. And it's hard to find, I shouldn't say it's hard to find something like that. To me, if you're going to, if you're going to go all out, you've got to feel it. And and it's a feeling you'll know when you, when you're there, like with a business, like I'm all in on this. And I know that this is going to work because if you don't have that, because you're going to hit so many obstacles and you're going to be bitch slapped by life so many times. Uh, I mean, I, the stories I could tell you with door, with doorstep delivery, how many times it would have been, you, anybody would have been like, how did you not just close down on your business? But it was that unwavering, uh, I think Napoleon Hill calls it desire backed by faith that I had in my soul. And my partner, I, I grabbed my best friend who actually worked at the real estate company with me. I said, do you want to do this? At first, he said, nope, there's no money in that. And then he came around when the real estate market corrected. And here we are. How did the idea originate? Were you just like, trying to get delivery or something and be like, cause there's yeah, no way. Yeah, so actually we were that... working at the, we were working in the office. So when we were selling this real estate, it was actually, we were selling land and you were stuck in the office for 12 to 15 hour blocks sometimes. And pizza and Chinese were all we could get. And I remember I was at the time, again, going back to the five course, I was working out and I was, you know, trying to stay healthy. And I'm like, "There's got," And I don't, I didn't like making my own lunch. Some people brought their own. It's just not my thing. And so I'm just stuffing my body with this crap, you know, the, the mm-hmm. receptionist was ordering pizzas for everybody and I'm eating that. And I'm, and I'm like, there's gotta be something better. And there wasn't. And I was just like amazed. And I like looked up around the country and there was a few little, like I said, like a telephone takeout type, type places, but Grubhub hadn't even, wasn't even, even, you know, those guys weren't even out of college yet. I don't think. Um, yeah you know, Uber Eats, all these, none of that was even on the radar. And so we were kind of like, all right, let's do this. And we just kind of said, people need this. And, and then like, even being at home, I was like, God, I wish I could order some sushi or wish I could order a salad from Panera. And I, so I just created it. It's I, And that's when I said that desire back of my faith. Like I knew that need was there. I knew there were other people like me that felt the same way. And I wasn't being a copycat. There weren't already like billions of dollars being, like if, if the Ubers and the Grubhubs had already gotten started, there's no way I would have touched that. Right. Yeah. And cause we bootstrapped it. We did yeah. it with our own money. We didn't even raise money at first. Um, later on down the line when we sold and did all that we did, um, cause we started acquiring smaller companies, but yeah. So, yeah. Did, I have to ask though, just, and
0: again, just my brain goes to, that was just when like the iPhone launch, as you mentioned around that. Well, I think 2007, if I'm if that, yeah. is that right? Um, I could imagine developing an app in 2008, 2009 was like building a website in 94 or 93. Like, how the heck did you know what to do from an app development
1: standpoint? Now it seems like it's a dime a dozen to build those, but. So good question. So there was not an app for the customers at first, um, for the driver, there was, there was a, there was a company called, uh, data dreamers and they had just created, it was so, I mean, you look at it today, it's like looking at a a PlayStation 5 versus an Atari, right. right? It was like so crude and elementary, but and they just happened to be out of Florida, right? Out of the whole country. And so I found this guy and I called him and I was like, you know, tell me more, what is this? And it was essentially a back-end system for this that allowed uh, you had to have a physical computer to receive the orders. But when the person would go online, and at this time right, it had to be their computer, they, they couldn't place it. They couldn't place it off their phone okay? Um, and place the order, you know, select the restaurant, just like you do on your phone, basically, but much more crude back then. And you select the restaurant, you place your order and then it sent it to our computer and it would flash and it would say one order in the queue. Right. And then you have your list of drivers and you could just drag that order to whatever driver made the most sense. And then that driver would get a notification in their phone that said, you have an order going to blah, blah, blah. So we licensed that for a couple of years. And it was just so crude and elementary that we ended up developing our own or we're like this, you know, it, it was great to get started, but we did develop our own. And that was a bit of a, a nightmare. Developing software is really tough. Um, yeah. I've done it three times. I'm currently developing an app to gamify all this stuff I'm talking about with habits and yeah. becoming, you know, um, the person you want to be, I'm developing app for it. And it's, I'm going through the similar process. It was supposed to be ready six months ago. It's just, that's just how it goes. Um, technology is great, but it can also be a pain in the butt. I got to ask,
0: I want to go into the, the the five cores here a little bit, but I guess before we do that, because you got, again, a pretty good chunk of change. I mean, there's a lot of zeros in, in the exit that you had. How do you not get, I, I, I have never been able to ask this to anyone. So I'm going to ask it to you. How do you not get complacent because you work your tail off, work your tail off. And then you're like, Hey, I get this. Cause at the beginning you like, Hey, I just want to get rich. I want to talk that revenge factor in your mind. How do you say, you know what, I'm going to push to the, another, another summit. There's another summit up there. I want to keep going. I'm just curious after you get that, how do you not get complacent with it? You know, I'm just.
1: So it's a great question. And part of my formula to happiness is, is ABG, I call it always be growing. Um, mm. That's kind of everything. Like, I mean, if I were to, if you were to put a gun in my head right now and say, how do you become happy? And I could only Mm -hmm. say it in like five words. It would be just never stop growing. Mm -hmm. Um, because the moment you do, the moment you get complacent, it's all over because then you have nothing. You're there's no motivation. There's no will. There's no, there's no like drive to get to the next level. Um, which all this ties into, you know, gamifying, leveling up your life you've got to have that. And some people get depressed when they think about the fact that it's like, okay, so you're saying that you're basically never going to be happy, you're, you're just going to get to one goal, and then you got to set another one. And then you reach that and you got to set another one. There's no just sitting on a beach drinking a pina colada. The answer is yes. But it's not as bad as it sounds. If you understand that and you use it to your advantage and the goals that you set are in line with what you love and what you're passionate about and what you're good at, then you're you're, you're enjoying the ride. You're enjoying the journey of the growth. And then when you do, you hit a goal and it's like, oh, this feels great. Just so, for instance, when I sold my business, it was like a million anchors just taken off of my shoulders. I was ecstatic. It was an unbelievable feeling. I mean, it was a 10-year journey getting to that point. And to finally exit and to see that money hit my bank account. And by the way, the number that you're, you've probably right, the company sold for 321 million, I believe. Uh, it's not like I got 321 million bucks. At that time, I had multiple partners. We raised money. We merged with another company. So, you know, but my, my amount was still enough to where I never had to basically work for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and so when that hit, it was like, oh man, that feels good. But I knew what was coming. And sure enough, I proved what I'd been studying all these years, which was it didn't last. And then very quickly it was, okay, now what? Yeah, what's right? next? Right? And a lot of people don't know what to do with that. A lot of people go, oh shit, you know, like, and then they they think, well, maybe if I drink, I can fill that void, or maybe if I do drugs or maybe right. And and you know, you look at people like going back, you know, here's an older reference, Elvis Presley, right? complacency. He started to get fat, drinking, doing drugs. Like he hit this, he was, you look at his younger videos when he was just full of human spirit and just like just magnetic, like he just had that hunger and that passion. And it was just every pore of his body was expressing that when he would dance and sing. And then the later years, you're just like, this isn't even the same person. Right. And he's a perfect example of like someone. and there's a lot of examples throughout time and history um, of, of people that don't understand this principle and that get complacent. And that once they get to where they think, oh, I'm successful now, then they just sort of shut it down and it's the worst thing you can do. Well,
0: yeah, that's what I was getting to. I think, you know, getting started, I look at this in my own life, but like when you hit these pinnacles, as you're saying, and everyone might not exit a, a company like that, but it might be, hey, now I'm the VP of whatever. And you get to that level, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, okay, well, now I can join the golf court, the, the, the country club, and now I can do this. And it's like, all right, I've made it. Let's keep going. And it almost seems like when you talk to the folks, it's like, ah, yeah, I got to show up for work. And, and all of a sudden, that happiness that they had goes out the window because now it's like, well, I guess I'm here. Now what? There, there's not that, you know, I like to call it, and you're kind of alluded to it, but like that North Star. I call it, it's like, you're always going toward it, but as you reach it, you're, or you're never actually reaching it, but like, as you get, you know, more forward in the journey, it's like, okay, now there's some extra stuff here. I got to keep moving. And it's identifying, that's why I want to go into these five cores. It's like identifying what you really are truly passionate about or want as a purpose in your life. And then obviously move forward in that direction. Right.
1: Absolutely. So, right. So as I said, so along the way, I, I ended up, realizing inadvertently that it's like there's these main areas of my life that when I'm building momentum, when I'm constantly growing in them, when I'm, you know, actually, you know, making progress, they make me happy. Right. And then I, you know, so when I sold my business, you know, I had a good idea. I I, I didn't even call them the five course, but I have, I've always kept a list uh, or my own system for holding myself accountable. It started with, just a piece of paper kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with Ben Franklin's 13 virtues. No, um, I'm not. Are you familiar? So no. he, he he had a list along the spine. It was the days of the week. And then along the top, it was, uh, excuse me, along the top, it was the days of the week. Along the spine, it was um, the, the the different, basically he called them virtues. I call them habits that he was trying to develop. And every single day, so Monday he would go through and he would check like, did I do this? Did I do this? And so I took that and ran with it. I created my own Microsoft Word version. Then I created an Excel document. So I've always kind of held myself accountable um, in one way or another. And I just found that, you know, over the years, and it kind of going back to that technology question, or technology we were talking about earlier, it's like it's technology's finally caught up to where I can now use that to express these cores that I've been, working on. And so my app is going to be gamified in that you're the spaceship and your spaceship has these, this rocket has these five core areas as it's thrusters. Mm -hmm. And each one needs to constantly um, be working on. And the idea is you want to stop your failure habits that you've developed in each and replace them with success habits. It's that simple. And as you do this slowly, but surely, you don't want to try to go too big too soon because we all know what happens there. You go, Oh, this is too overwhelming. Your brain quits. And so very slowly again, law of compounding. Methodically, get to work on one core, one habit within that core. I usually have people start with the mindset because that's to me that's the most important core because you get your mind working for you. Everything else will you know fall into place a lot more easily. uh And you know then you're going to different uh, galaxies and and planets and you're meeting aliens and you're fighting through asteroid fields. And if you're not balanced, you're going to get off course and Um, so it's, it's a game and it's fun. And the whole point is I'm trying to use, you know, the whole, like when you're leveling up on screen versus just Mm -hmm. this hollow, shallow dopamine hit that we get from like social media and these games we play, you're actually leveling up in real life. So if we talk and, and
0: we can take the five, we can start with mindset. Um, if, if we go down that path, like in terms of an actionable item, is that reading a certain book? Is that questions you ask yourself? How do how do you foresee the kind of leveling up or going down that path? What are some of the things folks might do um, from day to day to improve their mindset from today to next week to next month, etc?
1: Right. So, you know, basically, mindset, the, the overall definition that I have of mindset is getting your mind working for instead of against you, um, giving fear the finger, and basically becoming what I call a growth owner versus mm-hmm. a fixed victim. So going back to my story, I was a fixed victim in college, like. My brain's broken. There's nothing I can do about it. Why me? Like, poor me, you know. Oh, maybe I'll be saved by hitting the lottery or, or something great will happen to me where it's 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 all outside your control. And you're just being pulled by different forces around you versus the growth owner who's like, All right, I got everything within me to kick ass, take names. And I know that if I just continue to take action towards my goals. And I believe in what I'm doing. I'm going to become bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter along the way. Obstacles are temporary roadblocks. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to get around them. And there's nothing that can stop me. And you can't just flip your fingers and go from fixed victim to growth owner. It's a process. And so in between them is, you know, different habits that you develop, such as, you know, I call it stop and pivot. So Growing up, my mom used to give me a rubber band, and it was like, okay, so when you have a negative thought, snap your snap the rubber band, right? I don't know where she got that from, um, but it didn't. It kind of worked, right? And then it was like, oh, I had a negative thought, and it kind of helped me become aware. But what it didn't have was that next step of pivoting to, okay, what do I want to replace that thought with? So one of the habits that I think is is humongous for your mindset is basically when you start to dwell or you have these thoughts that are doing no good and you'll get better at identifying them. We have tons of them throughout the day. I mean, it's just human nature is to dwell and to have negative and to think like, Oh, you know, this isn't going to doubt ourselves, whatever, let fear take over. Um, But if you can, if you can catch that and you go, hold up, what are you doing for me? What have you done for me lately? Nothing what can I replace that with? What action, what proactive action can I take to make sure that that doesn't come to fruition? Right. And it all ties into your goals and sort of like, okay, these are my goals. This is where I want to be. I'm having these fears and these doubts and I'm dwelling over here. Okay. What, what do I need to, you know, do I need to adjust my short-term goals? Do I need to adjust what I'm doing immediately to make sure that I am moving in the right direction? And just knowing that and and truly believing, like there's no reason you can't get to where you're, you're wanting to head. Um, that in itself is the big game changer, right? And and it's just, it's that, that again, you call it the North star Napoleon Hill desire backed by faith, just knowing you can get there. And then when you, when those thoughts start to creep in, catching them and saying, is there anything I can do about it? Sometimes the answer is no. And then you go, you know what? That's just life. Sometimes there's nothing I can do. Let me focus on what I can do. And, or if there is something you can do, take that action and do it. Hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's
0: that's definitely a good point. I mean, I think it's just, it's that action, right? You can't just sit in the thoughts, you actually have to do something, right? Hopefully, it's positive, right in that direction. So I want to ask something quickly on, we've we've touched on it a few times throughout the conversation around, um, and I know it's one of your course, your relationships, but, you know, support systems, I, you know, because I always, it, it's funny being retrospective, like I look back and and what you mentioned about getting your friend that you used to work with helping you start the company, like if he says no, how does that path go kind of thing right, or if maybe if your parents don't get divorced, what does that do, or you start looking back at all these other people besides ourselves all the other people that we encounter in life. And those relationship support system, how they help, how they hurt, etc. So, I'm curious if you can just chat a little bit your thoughts around relationships, um, how they've been impactful for you, the good ones, and or you can take it from the other side, maybe some bad ones, how that's ultimately played out. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so relate. Really, I mean, this is this is a huge core as well. Um, you know, w- w- without relationships in some form, and again, we're all different, and so even though we all have the same five cores, the way we express them in our lives is is different and you've got to figure out and that's what i help people with like what are the habits in particular you need to develop to be happy in this core and for me you know relationships if you go back, well if you go back to primal days you know thousands of years ago it's literally in our in our dna like we can't fight the fact that we need to have human interaction back in the day it, it helped us you know, when we were with other people to not be off on our own and get eaten by a saber toothed tiger, right. it helped us to, you know, proliferate to, to breed and, and pass our gen our you know, to our, our, spread our genes and whatnot. So it's in our DNA to have at least some sort of connection, you know, some, you know, I've heard extrovert, introvert, I've heard introverted or introvert expert. I feel like in general, my take is that everybody's kind of somewhere in between, um, you know, there's always going to be extremes, but you know, there's moments when I'm introverted, when I just want to be, I don't have my alone time, but then there's times when I, I want to be around others and whether it's my friends, my friends, whether it's my family, whether it's, you know, colleagues at work, you know, it's so important to know how to have deep and fulfilled relationships versus just kind of surfacey um you know it's all about me and how are you going to serve me but at the end of the day it kind of goes back to that dale carnegie like right. how can you serve others like how can you help these people and it's just the most magical thing in the world and when people get it not only will they be happier the world will be a much better place if if everybody was like all right how can i help somebody else because it just it's going to come back to you it may not happen right away but like it's going to come back and you feel good about it and then people want to help you and then It creates just this great, like deep long-term energy, whether it's your girlfriend, your wife, your, your kids, your right versus me, 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 me. What have you done for me lately? And so it's about being on the same team versus like kind of doing this, which a lot of people tend to do kind of letting go of your ego and understanding. We all come from different places, different backgrounds. Our minds all work differently. You can't assume that everybody thinks the exact same way you do. You just need to try to understand that person, put yourself in their shoes and say, okay, you know what is it that they need? How can I help them? And it's really hard to do because we're selfish human beings. It, it, it's 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 in our it's in our DNA, right? Again, going back yeah. to our primal days, like the more selfish yeah. we were, the better our chances of survival. You know, right. um, killing that meat and, and and feeding ourselves for the next week before we starve. But today, even though that's still locked into our brain, that doesn't serve us. Um, but it's there, and if you're aware of it, you can use it for instead of against you. Anything, again, going back to the actionable stuff, anything someone could do today,
0: if they're thinking about relationships, is it just more being thoughtful about how they interact with folks or anything you found that's been like a good practice to maybe start?
1: Yeah, I would, I, I, today I would say just start really paying attention to the people in your life and you know, you may think that you understand people and what makes them tick and what motivates them, but when it, make it a game, like start kind of trying to figure out the, 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 the key people and even peripheral people, maybe colleagues and stuff like what's important to them. Like what makes them tick? Like w- what are they all about? And it just reduces, it'll reduce the frish, friction drastically. Cause as you start to figure that out, then you start talking in terms and your relationship starts becoming more about that. And then they just light up and are like, wow, this person gets me. Like they understand me. They, they want to help me. And now I want to help them. And it just will just, again, that magical magically strengthen that relationship.
0: So if we go back, if someone's starting something today, whatever, you know, it could be or maybe they have the ideation phase, maybe they've already kind of started. Is there something you've and and again, I know this is this is sometimes hard because you're like, Brian, I probably learned a 1000 things. But is there one thing that stands out over the last dozen years, 20 years, etc, that has been the most impactful? Maybe it's a quote, maybe it's anything that you've learned that you would share with that person getting started today to kind of jumpstart
1: their journey? that's a good question uh so i mean we haven't talked a ton about habits on this on this but my 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 whole system revolves around habits um there's there's the, the whole the whole concept of we are our habits our habits are us i think is probably one of the most pivotal when i when i when i got that things really shifted for me it, it sort of took all these principles i was learning in all these books that i was like okay i'm gaining all this knowledge but i can't what am I supposed to do with it? Like, I can't do all this stuff at once. And oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. And that was like, how many times do you read a book or see a quote and you go, that's it? Right. And then two seconds later, it's gone when the next is dancing in front of you. Right. It's like, or, or, you know, the TV, you turn it off, you stop reading, you turn the TV on, it's gone forever. Um and so number one i guess writing things down but and 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 understanding and this is what my app is going to help people do kind of understanding how habits are either wreaking havoc in your life or helping you build momentum right either a failure or success and we you know we're we're running on autopilot so much of our lives people don't realize and it's because our brains are constantly trying to conserve energy we can only make one decision at once We can't be Even you know, that whole multitasking, it's a myth, by the way, it doesn't exist, like we can only literally scientifically do one thing at a time. And so habits are a way for us to go, okay, got this one, don't have to worry about it. Problem is a lot of our habits stem from that low hanging fruit and living in this instant world now where you can just click a button and get anything you want, and it, it makes us more complacent. it's taking away our integrity and our ability to hold ourselves accountable and, and these types of things. So if you can just become aware of, okay, what are the habits in my life? Like what am I doing on autopilot? And a great way to start is just keep a journal for like two to three days and just try to keep track of like, from when I wake up to when I go to bed, this is what I do. And you'll be amazed at how many things you might do that aren't good for you. Or that if you look again going back to that back to the future list and now that, yeah. i that'd be a great place to start too i can i help people with that but sort of just in general you know where do i want to be at the end of my life and now are these habits in line with that and if they're not you got to start changing yeah yeah
0: i, I like triple underscore that for, i mean that's and just writing stuff down i remember i think it was reading richard branson's book many years ago i think he talks about how he carried a journal around or like a you know, a notebook around with him everywhere. So I started to do that. And it's amazing. Like all the ideas that you just write down to your points, like you forget it. And I don't know if you're like this, but like, I'll go work out or whatever. I'll have an idea pop. And I got to, even sometimes I put it in my notes app and I feel like, I got to write it down. Cause I know it's going to flee out of my head in like 10 seconds. So yeah, I, I, I absolutely underscore that is like write stuff down, just make sure, because then you can go
1: back to it and be like, ah, okay. There was a reason I thought that exactly now, what could i do with it you know and you right and and my apple have a place for like at the end of the day you you it's just twice you check in in the morning uh for your morning launch and then you kind of do like a, a review um yeah. in your dashboard of how things went that day and the last thing is you know what was the biggest win today what was the and it, and and then you can go back and you can see and you can and any you know miscellaneous thought that you want to write down and kind of keeping track of things and you can actually start using these things in your life to build momentum, versus just having them be a passing thing that you never look at again.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I know you said you're working on the app; it's you're you're close. There's some iterations. So give me give the details. Um, one, where people can say hello to you online. Two, when's this all launching? When's the gamification stuff with the app uh, coming out?
1: Yep. So it was supposed to be six months ago. It's now looking at about uh, three. I'm I'm guessing two to three months before beta, and you know I'm I'm kind of doing it in a way where I'm gonna just get beta out there and I want to get feedback. Um, I, I've learned from my previous apps where we try to make everything perfect and we spent way too much money and time, and then all of a sudden we release it and people are like, well, we don't care about 99% of it. We just want this feature, and you're like, oh god, if I'd only known that so. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be pretty neat. Um, you can go to my website, more momentum, M O O R E momentum.com. Um, go to gamify your life. And there's a, an app tab there and you can sign up for when the beta version will be ready and it'll notify you. Awesome.
0: That's great. And if someone wants to say hello to you online, where do you, where do you spend out? What social, so, yeah, are you Instagram,
1: um, will more M O O R E momentum at will more momentum. That's, that's my biggest channel. Um, also on TikTok with that same name, um, we have over 400,000 followers on Instagram, and we just do like viral videos of just feel-good type stuff of people expressing their cores and then living the five-core life we call it, firing on all cylinders. Um, and you know, then I do I do my own videos to kind of give little tips and these type type of habit hacks and and game ways to gamify and trick your brain into to wanting to take those actions and develop those habits that are good for you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. This is a lot of fun. Any any lasting
0: thoughts? Anything um, for the audience? You would say before we part ways?
1: Uh, I would just say, you know, going back to Yoda, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> you know, action. You know, just yeah. take action. Like you don't want to go. You you don't want to be on your deathbed and saying, God, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that, and having all these regrets. Like, just do it. Just, and you know, if you fail, who gives a talk just yeah, learn from it and get back up and do it again yeah that's awesome man gosh thanks so much this was a lot of a lot of fun i appreciate you being on and, uh, and sharing a lot of your journey absolutely well brian appreciate you man uh, i appreciate you having me on this was definitely a good time
0: well i hope you all enjoyed that great interview and thanks again for stopping by and just one more quick thing before you run along in your day If you were looking for some more resources, some more insight, you know, inspiration, things to get you going a little bit further on your journey, feel free to head over to my website, Brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter that comes out. That's more of a digest of a lot of information that I discover throughout the week, whether it's a new podcast I listen to or maybe it's a great follow online that's very insightful or a video I came across. I put that in a digestible form that you get once a week as well as I blog three times a week. And these are very micro-type blogs, one- to five-minute reads. They hit your inbox Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, and maybe give you a little dose of inspiration to get you going on your day. So feel free to sign up for those if it's something you might find as value. Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.